Oh, it says save. Right. I see where it says recording. All right, cool. All right, so we're gonna do this thing called a clapson. You know what that is? Nope. Okay, you about to have a blast. I'm excited about it. <laughs> so we're gonna count on. We're gonna count to three, and then we're gonna clap. Okay. All right. Ready? Okay. Easy tiger. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three. Perfect. Yeah? Yes. <laughs> There's going to be some latency between us, but I, I, like that's what the editing's for. It's going to be magic. You won't, even, you won't even know it. All right. Uh, we're about to start. Got any questions? No, man. I'm ready. Let's, let's go. Uh, okay. First question. What's the name of the show? The name of the show is the... Identity Project? Am I close? Hey, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Close, right? I've got to be close. So I'm going to add you to the shame. I'm going to add you halfway to the shame and halfway to the good part. You made it halfway. It's the okay. identity booth. Oh, the identity booth. I was so close. I was so close. Yeah, that's a half C. I got a half C. Half C. Half, C. half credit, baby. That's it. That's what we do in school. That's right. You get a half credit. I'll take it. Welcome to another episode of the Identity Booth. Hey guys, how you doing? We doing our and we have a celebrity in the house. Y'all, y'all know. Whenever y'all see this Zoom chat setup thing, I got a celebrity in the house. <laughs> All right, now we got the highly educated. We have a situation where Hero doesn't know something, and I had to go out and seek information. I found Randy. Randy has found me, and I'm happy that she's with me. Let's give her a round of applause for joining us today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, please stop. No, really, we appreciate you being here. I want to get a better understanding, because, you know, our goal here on the Identity Booth is to try and identify with you as you identify with me. And I want to get a better understanding of teachers in the coronavirus, in the pandemic, and what they're doing. Is that all right with you? I'm in love with it. Look, yeah. Okay, a Texas girl. So that pretty much brings us to why am I talking to you right now? Like, why is Hero messing with you on a evening, on a weekday? Like, what, what the hell? And the truth be told, a mutual friend of ours put us in contact with each other. I am looking for more information on a situation. You are a teacher. You are in the middle of a pandemic. And through no fault of your own, uh, our president has thrust uh, you and your kind into the front uh, line. And regardless if you want it or not. So today's uh, my goal, at least, is to get a better understanding of how is this situation affecting you? How is this affecting your job? And what are your uh, just plain ideas on it, if that's all right? I would love right. to share, yes. 
this is gonna get fun <laughs> so we'll just jump right into it all right um what made you want to be a teacher um so in my 20s, I was um, waiting tables, bartending, and going to school. I was majoring in business management. I thought that's what I wanted to do, was to be a manager. Um, I started, during my time bartending and waiting tables, I started being in charge of training new employees. So employees would come. I'd have to train them whether it was as a server or as a bartender. You have to do these things. You know, this is how you make these drinks or this is the steps of service, blah, blah, blah. And I realized, I like went into work one day and I was like, man, I love this part. I love doing this. I love teaching people things. I am over waiting tables and bartending. Like I'm over those things. But man, I really enjoy this aspect of my job. And then it, I had like an epiphany. I'm just like walking around on break drinking, you know, tea. And I have this epiphany, like I could be a teacher. I am a teacher. I think I'm a teacher. I don't think I'm in the right spot. And I went back. Um, I was working on my associate's degree at the time and I went back and changed my major and I got my associates in the arts of teaching and never looked back. And like my first class, I was like, yep, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I am supposed to be doing. Yeah, and it's been, it's like, I just, and I love it. I love every aspect about it. Most aspects about excellent, it. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, I was one of those students who was like, wow. Like, you had to be one of those real teachers in order you, for me to, like, talk to you. Like, I was like, nah, you be snitching. I saw you talking to the dean. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> so, do you call yourself a cool teacher? Are you a, are you a student's teacher? Oh, man, that's a, that is such a, it's so funny because I was totally that kid too, man. If I, in high school, if I came to school, if I was actually in your class, it means that I actually liked you because I didn't go to all the classes, right? Hey, so facts. Right? Yeah. And so um, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of cool teachers growing up. I didn't have any teachers that I felt like I could relate to. And so I was a, you know, sometimes my reputation preceded me before, before I even got to that teacher, they knew Oh, Randy's going to be in my class and she's, you know, this kind of student. And so I am very cognizant about that as a teacher. And those, they want to call, you know, the tr troubled kids, those rough kids, you know, those kids, those are my kids. Those are me. Okay. Those are like, okay. those are my kids. I still have kids like emailing me, like even over the summer or years later, like I still see those kids. They still come to me like, I tell them, I'm like, I am yours and you are mine forever, right? Like that doesn't stop just because you're out of my classroom. But I love those kids. I, the attitude, what? oh man, those are my favorite. Hey, you would you would have gone far with me because I know there's a bunch of kids that always try and like, you know, they, 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 they're the breakfast club. They don't understand their, their position yet, but they, they have the moxie. Yeah, they and do. You I can like appreciate it. appreciate moxie. I do because so, I still got some. I like it. Good, good. So I then now want to transition to like being a teacher. How long have you been a teacher? This is my seventh year teaching. God. <laughs> it's, it sounds oh, weird I... to say that. I'm like, seven years? Where has the time gone? How have I, how am I old enough to do anything for seven years except like sleep and know. eat? I don't know if there's, se I've done anything for seven years. I haven't had a. <laughs> I haven't had a partner for seven years. God. <laughs> a 
a partner or a plant. I can't keep plants alive for more than six months, but somehow I'm in charge of children for seven years. I don't know, man. It's weird. Well, let's find out. So, <laughs> as a teacher, seven years, you're a vet. What are some challenges pre-COVID that you've experienced? Whew. Um, Pre-COVID. So, I'm just some general... Um, roadblocks being a teacher I think um one is um community involvement um getting everybody you know the saying like it takes a village is 100% true and whenever we all work together we can achieve really really great things but a lot of the time they expect us to do all of the things um I would say support from sometimes a lack of support can be you know your teammates can be administrators it can be directors it can be superintendents lack of support in general i think is really hard um uh, lack of supplies or even well well placed supplies you know so sometimes districts want to buy this curriculum or these textbooks for millions and millions of dollars and they don't actually talk to the people doing the work and they're they're missing the mark like if you would have just had a conversation with some teachers we could have figured out that this is what we should have been doing with those millions of dollars instead of this um and self-care i think that teachers are burnt out i think teachers work really long hours and i think just in general like our American society is not set up to give people breaks to make sure that they can be the best people that they can be, whether that means that you're a surgeon or a teacher or a mechanic or whatever your job is, like we're not set up to make sure that everybody's taking care of themselves. And so teacher burnout is like, like one and done is a real thing in the education world. You know, it's, um, those are, I think like big issues like does it does it do you feel like teachers deserve to be on like uh tv on you know on football games they have the military pushed out there they've got the waving flag but i've always been of the notion like american heroes don't all wear uniforms do you feel the teacher gets the 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 platform they deserve so i i definitely agree that not all um, heroes wear uniforms. Like I think that our first responders right now, I think scrubs are a, 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 like a superhero cape right now. And I don't think, I don't think the teachers get the respect. They, uh, society says, yes, teachers are great. Teachers are heroes. If you are doing this right. But as soon as we're like, we need more supplies, we're not heroes anymore. Mm -hmm. As soon as we say we deserve a livable wage, we're not heroes anymore. As soon as we say we don't want to, um, you know, be human shields in case if there's a, you know, an active shooter on the campus, we're no longer heroes. When we say we need to have um, safe schools, you know, cleaning supplies and things like we're no longer heroes. So we're heroes in the sense that we we're heroes when we do things quietly, like you want us to do them. But when we strike for better wages and more time off, we're no longer heroes. So it's, mm -hmm. You know, it's a weird, we're heroes in the sense of we're quiet. As soon as we start to speak out for injustices, we're no longer heroes. That's been, mm. that's kind of, that's my like internalization of like what's been going on. No, that's, that's, I think that's absolutely fair. So now let's, we're still in the past. Before 
COVID really blew up. So like pre-March, maybe the first of March, uh, on a scale of one to 10, what was your concern level with COVID when you first heard about that? Like, where were you early March and what were your thought process? So early March, it was, you know, like I had heard about it. There were whisperings. They were talking about how they had closed schools overseas. Um, So it was like a thing. It did not seem like it was in our backyard per se. Um, And also, I don't know if maybe teachers get... Uh, maybe are like less scared of things like that because we work with kids and they're like literally like gross petri dishes right so we have like these gross petri dishes like 20 of them in our class you know like kids are gross let's just be honest so germs maybe don't seem as i don't know intense because we're around it all day but um yeah so at the beginning of march i remember you know we're hearing about it we're we're um reading about it it's in the news our spring break is the second week in March and we never came back from spring break. We just like done after spring break. I was, so until spring break, I was not aware, but pre spring break, it was like maybe a three and a half, maybe a three and a half or a four. I was like, man, that's crazy that they are shutting down schools Man, China's going crazy, you know, like all of those things, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't here yet, I guess for me until spring break it's kind of whenever it kind of like really became serious i guess uh going back and now having the situation after spring break where you're trying to like figure out like hey are we gonna get to end the year with our kids uh when they said you could not go back what were some of your immediate concerns my immediate concerns i think were for um, my students' health and safety. Um, The school that I was at, sometimes the breakfast and lunch that they get were the only meals that they were eating. You know, schools schools now, and I know this, I'm hoping that we can, as, you know, a country kind of see more that schools are community centers, right? So we we educate our students, but we also feed them. The kids get clothes. We give out Christmas presents. The families have um, opportunities. We can send out help for like mental health. Um, we have counseling, all sorts of things. Like we're like a really all-encompassing community center. And so, whenever school shut down, we were really concerned about our students that were either not were going to be hungry or they weren't going to be safe. Those were our main two concerns whenever school ended or whenever, um, after spring break, when they shut us down, I think all of us were really optimistic that we were going to be able to end the school year with our kids. I don't think that anybody expected us, um, not in the education, I'm sure I know in the medical field, they were saying things, but as far as like the educators, we were like really hoping like, okay, we shut down schools. This is what needed to happen. Everybody's social distancing or everybody's in, you know, lockdown, locked in place, whatever. And, um, so we should be able to go back and like say goodbye to our kids. You know, our number one concern was the kids, are they getting fed? Are they, are they safe? You know, do they know that we miss them? Second, way down here second was, well, now how are we going to teach? You know, like we still have to do school. We still have to teach school. But way, way down here was like, how, how is that going to work? Um, so. And I'm not here to so much talk uh, the numbers, the science. I come from a medical perspective. I, I'm here to kind of digest 
how you, you took this and how your society, your group of people, your leaders, your uh, peers are handling this. We're now in a situation six months into this pandemic and we're right back where we started. Some say we're even in a worse off position. Uh, is America doing the right thing? When you think about places in South America and European countries, New Zealand, how their life is almost back to normal. And we are literally being put on par with third world countries with some of them doing better than us. What do you think about America's current state dealing with this pandemic? Well, I think it's really disappointing and I think it's really embarrassing. And I think that we have a lot of people that know better. Um, but I, I don't think that we have been listening to experts. I think that everybody thinks they're an expert nowadays and that's just not the case. You know, I think if, for instance, like you are not an expert, you're not a teacher. So what did you do? You went to go find somebody in the field, right? Like I don't have medical experience. So I would look to medical experts to answer some of my questions, but people don't do that. They're just like, oh, I am the expert because, you know, I can Google things that only show me things that, you know, feed into my ideas. Nothing, there's nothing that's going to, you know, make me question my thoughts and ideas. And I think it's really upsetting. I think it's really disappointing. I think those of us that it was really easy for us to shelter in place because I was working from home. My kids were at home, you know, we've been sheltered in place since the middle of March. And so it's frustrating. I think that we are, it seems like we did a a lot of us did this really good work to try to make sure that we were doing the right thing. And now it seems like all of that was for nothing. Like, should we have nothing. kept schools open? Like, cause it doesn't seem like it helped. It might've helped then, but it didn't seem, doesn't seem to be help, helping right now, you know? So I just, it's, um, it's, uh, it's upsetting and it's frustrating. And I just think we should listen to the professionals. You know, I don't understand why that's difficult. <laughs> you know, uh, as a medical professional let me tell you i literally told somebody hey bro uh if you eat another snickers bar i'm gonna have to amputate your toe and my man's was okay with that my man's was okay with it um titles and professions don't counter freedom america i often say americans are too free uh but we push for it. This ain't about me, y'all. This is about teachers right now. <laughs> but I, I agree with you. You know, people, I, I believe me, I'm all about like, yeah, you shouldn't have to mandate for people to wear a mask, right? You shouldn't have to. Mm -hmm. People should do it because it's going to help the situation. Just like it, there shouldn't be a law that tells you that you have to wear your seatbelt. You should do it because it's going to, it could possibly save your life or somebody else's life, right? That's those Free to me are the same thing free plug i actually got a video about that i was i have a video about talking about how people uh this isn't the first time that safety has been debated um seatbelts were a major con like form of like resistance and combating people literally were saying i have the right to die in my car if i want to so i'll put that if that link is up i'll put that up right now but um so obviously now let's transition back to the kids. The kids are at home. They've been there for six months and you brought up something that kind of 
made me think out loud. I just burped. Uh, we're concerned about the kids' health, mental health, their learning capacity, their ability to do things at home. This, this community, the crux of this community, is this ability to maintain these kids' uh, genuine lifestyle. Uh, of being young and being able to prosper in this life. Talk to me about your concern versus the kids catching COVID versus the kids really suffering from some pretty harsh real world situation. Yeah, that is, um, I, I think about that all the time. Um, I worry about them. I can, I can do things to help make sure that they're fed. I can't, I can't necessarily do things to make sure they're safe, you know, where they're, where they're at. Um, is it worth them coming to school? Is their physical safety worth the possibility of them getting sick? I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I think that every day I feel like I change every day. I'm like, I'm like, some days I'm like, yeah, you know what? It's okay. Let them come to school. I will make sure that they're safe when they are with me. I will try to create an environment where they feel safe um, from COVID. I will try to do everything that I, that I can to make sure that they know that this adult, I you know, I love them. They can always come to me. But then other times I'm like, no, because then they get sick and then they're back home with in this really unsafe place. And now they're also sick on top of that, you know? So who's going to take care of them, you know? Like... I feel like every day I, I, I can flip flop back and forth. I just don't know that there's, I don't know that there's a right answer to that. I don't know that, I don't know that there really is the, the right thing to do, you know, I, in, in those, in those situations. Do you feel like the school and when I say school, like your, your, your bosses, uh, your administration are equipped to take on these kids right now? Um, like back in the, back in the, the classrooms? No. Uh, well, no. Okay. No. It, you know, hearing what the CDC has said to keep people safe, the only way that we could do that is if we hire twice as many teachers as we have now and, and put schools, put teachers and kids in places like libraries and other like community centers or outside, like there's no way, you know, last, I've had classrooms with 25 kids in them, you know, in classrooms that are so small. There's no way, we literally are like on top of each other. There is no way for us to to socially distance and in a safe environment, there's just, it's just not possible for us to have 25 kids in a classroom, be six feet apart. It's just, and nobody touch anything, nobody share anything. It's just not, I don't think it's reasonable. And again, it's one of those things where sometimes people that are making the decisions are so far removed from the place that those decisions actually affect. They, they're unrealistic, but they don't realize that because they're so far away. They're way over here making decisions for over here. And they don't even realize that that is not doable. Mind you, do I think it would be awesome to have like smaller class sizes? Yeah. I think that that would be so beneficial for for all of public education. I don't think that that it's a viable option right now. You know, I don't think that schools are getting clean the, the way that they need to be. I don't think that teachers are being trained again. So now we're going to be what taking temperatures. What it just seems like. What else do you want us to do? 
you know, what else? Just, it's one more thing. Well, it's one more thing every year, you know, and how awful, I would feel so awful if kids in my class got sick. I would feel so awful if my humans I made got sick because I brought something home. I just, no, I don't think that right now that we are capable of kids going back to school safely. All right. And since we're on the topic now, let's try and get more, a little bit more personal, a little closer. Um, Okay. Just because it's you. I guess. I appreciate it. It's the Midas touch. (laughs) Uh, If you were faced with a position where you go back to school or you get fired, what are you doing? I think that I would go back to school without a doubt. Yeah. If they told me that I needed to go back to school today, like we were going to teach in person today, I would go back to school. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't quit. I wouldn't retire. I would go back to school. I would, um, I would do everything that I could to make sure that I was safe and that my students were safe. My, my children were safe. But I think that if my kids, if my students needed me to be there, I would, I would 100% be there. I would be there for them, you know, emotionally, um, physically. I don't think that, I don't think that there's any educator that's like, you know what rocks online schooling, you know, what's more effective than in-person computers. That's not a thing. We all know that in-person schooling is is the way to go. We also know that working in small groups is an even better way to go. We can't do any of those things right now, but if they ask me to, I would, I would 100% do that. I love my job. And I think that that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And I, I want to see my kids. I want to see them and I want to hug them and I want to listen to their silly jokes. And I want to remind them how bad they smell after they've been outside. I want to do all of those things, right? I just don't think that we can do those things safely right now. I, you know, and I think that you can exist in both of these places. I think that you can want this thing, but uh, be aware that it's probably not the safest thing, you know? And if we go back virtually for a month or six weeks or whatever, then ideally, then I will, you know, I will, I will do that. Even though I know it's not what's best for my students as far as like their education, or their safety, but if it means that they get to spend the rest of the year with me and we get to be safe, we get to trust, these kids don't feel safe. I don't think these kids feel safe in just their lives right now. They have been ripped out of schools. They have been shown all these horrible things. Everybody's scared. People are losing their jobs. People are losing their homes. They're, they're, it's very traumatic. You know, like they need their routine back. They need those adults in their lives that are, that are, that are constant and are loving you know, they're not going to get that when we're online, but I mean, all right. And I, let's, I want to push this a little bit because you, you're adamant about going back to school, even though you know the risk and things are going on as far as your family's going to, would that be, would, would that mean you're willing to minimize the exposure and f- capability of traveling to see family, friends? Like, could you imagine coming home? changing clothes in the garage in the winter time, you know, just to come and see your family and God forbid you get a positive and now you're isolating yourself in your own home. Is that something that's like reasonable for you? I, I don't think that that is reasonable to ask any of us to do. I don't, I don't think it's reasonable for us to ask healthcare professionals to do that. I don't think it's first responders. I don't think it's uh, the Uber Eats drivers. I don't think that's reasonable for any of us because 
we all all everybody wants to go back to life right normal this is our this is going there's a new normal that is gonna shake out after all of this is done i i want to go back to school when i know that it is safe for me and my students and my family i that's what i want i want to go back whenever it is safe you know it's not safe right now i and i know i wish it was i know parents wish it was i know I've had parents texting me, I'm dropping my baby off at your house. I'm done. I need a break. And I'm like, interesting how you didn't believe me when I said your little baby had might have had a little attitude. Nobody wants my mom and dad knew I was an <laughs> So when my teacher said, Yo, here I'll be <laughs> like how he be oh, no. with you. Like he just moves worse my desk. He doesn't do anything to me. Ugh. I feel safe, but he just be moving. Hello. And they be like, yeah, that's some psychological <laughs> Hero be on that. Hey, give me your phone. You grounded for six weeks. <laughs> Apologize. And I'll be like, is this not a court of law? Do I not get to defend my... And I just get a slap. Like, bye-bye. And I'll be like, guilty. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. But, but that's how it is. So I guess now something that has been like jarring this, this whole reason why. Because people will say to me, people will say to me, what the f*** are teachers complaining about? They have summer school off. They get spring break, Christmas break. They only work six months out of the year. They're lazy. They don't want to go back to school. Like, if if I was some jack, what would you have to say to me? Well, them is fighting words. So, uh, them, uh, so when I hear, and I, obviously I've heard those things before, when I hear people say that, what I hear is them, I just, I, I know that they're ignorant. I know that they don't know any better. And so it's my job as an educator. I'm an educator in all aspects. Like, here, let me educate you, right? So, you know, we have contracts for a year. We sign our contracts at the end of each year. We work nine or ten months it depends on sometimes if you teach summer school the it's on hours now as opposed to days you know like it used to be our contract and um so we're contracted for this amount of time but they split this much money that we're paid on our contract for our whole for the whole 12 months so it's like they're taking little pieces out of our paycheck every month to give us three extra paychecks during the summer i've already worked for that money I actually have already done all of my work, all that was required of me by my contract with the state. The state just held some of my payback so that I could get some paychecks over the summer. I already did that work, actually. That work was whenever I had parent conferences on Saturday because you guys couldn't meet. Or it was whenever I, I spent the first two days of spring break grading all of these essays because I ran out of time during the during the school week, you know, or whenever my principal emailed, emailed me on winter break, asking me if I could do a home visit for a couple of my students. Cause we couldn't get a hold of them. You know, like we've already worked for that money. And whenever, you know, this 40 hour work week, that does not really exist for teachers. We come in early. We work, working lunches are totally a thing. We walk by and the copier and see how many sandwiches you see going into mouths while we're making copies. You know, we stay late we do tutoring after school. We email parents all the time. We're always in contact with parents and families. When people say that teachers have summers off, I would say, you know what? Let's just say, for instance, that I do have all of June, all of July. We go back in the second week of August. But let's say I have all of June and all of July off. Guess what? That's mental health time because I just taught anywhere from 25 to 75 kids how to do pre-algebra. And guess what? 
I'm tired. I am worn out and I have to refill my bucket because I'm the only one that can do that. And it's really hard for me to do that whenever I am in the classroom all day, every day, um, which I think yeah. is also an issue right now with our healthcare professionals. Like their buckets are empty. Like we need to be filling up people's buckets. They're empty. Uh, like uh, they've heard me speak at nauseum about like the the current situation in the healthcare field. I've literally told people like, "Oh yeah, I have zero issue explaining to you why I have to take your loved one off of the vent." You see, they're no longer eighty percent compliant, and because of this, it takes twenty two hours to completely sterilize this machine to be used on someone who's less than fifty percent compliant so uh the story that i reference whenever someone asks me how serious this is i said yeah i took a 32 year old off of the vent as in his last words to his mother was i'm sorry because he went to cancun i mean not cancun uh miami to you know celebrate his birthday and the worst part about it is his mother will never get his message because she was on the vent because he gave her COVID. So uh, I have very little sympathy because that's how what my day revolves around. But that's me. Listen here. But now let's just get into the 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 message. You've answered an array of questions for, but I feel like if you have something else you want to get off your chest what is it that you want uh, your students to know your administration and people who don't know what teachers really do this pandemic and how is it affecting you you got the open mic what do you want to say well I um, I want to say that um, we are we teachers you know collectively uh, the teachers that I know and my, my personal feelings we want to go back to work we miss our job. Our job is our calling. We have been called to this profession. It, it, you know, speaks to our soul and we are not, we're, we're, we're not being lazy. We're not complaining. We're worried. We're worried about our safety and very rarely do we ever speak up about our safety. Our, we do all of these things for all, for the, for all of these kids happily I love doing things for kids. I love doing things with kids and for kids. Makes me so very happy. But if they come to school and they get sick and get you sick and you die, right? Like this story that you just told, is it worth it? Is it worth it if I get sick and now I die and now you have to have, you have to come to a teacher's funeral? What about if my kids get sick? It's not, it's not, it's not worth it. And it's not that we're being lazy or entitled or throwing tantrums or being little baby snowflakes. It is our right to want to preserve our lives and the lives of those around us. And that includes your children. The reason we don't want to go back to school is maybe because of your children. When we think about the kids, if we have our class, you know, each one of those kids has a, a family, you know, and so we have all of these families and it's not worth us getting sick, them getting sick, spreading it, making this worse. It's not, it's not worth it as much as we want to. It's just not the time, not the place. And when we do online education, cause that's what we're going to have to do. You need to be, give some grace. And that starts now that starts now talking about your teachers, your school now, 
not bad mouthing teachers, not bad mouthing your districts, or at least have, that's pillow talk. That's not, that's not family dinner talk. You keep those concerns to yourself and you tell your children, I don't care if they are five or 15, how your teachers are working really hard already for you. Your teachers already care about your education and they're doing everything they can for you. This district is working really hard to find a solution to the problems. Like you are allowed to be critical. That's fine. But don't make your kids critical. Don't have them come to class on the first day thinking it's already going to suck. The teacher doesn't care. The teacher's lazy and just wants to sit at home in their PJs and, and you know, eat peanut butter while they're teaching. None of those things are true. So I would just say, give us some grace because you're going to need some grace from us at one point in time. So let's just, let's just share it. Um, I just, I, it's all, it's all from a place of concern and love. You know, none of it is from a place of hate or anger or malice. No, definitely. And Randy, Miss Wheeler. You can call me Randy. It's okay. Okay. Randy, you know, when the kids come back to high school and the teacher, you think it, you think of the teacher's like, yeah, the teacher had to be way older than me. But you find that teacher's like six years older than you. You're like, yeah, you see him at a bar somewhere. Hey, that 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 messed me up. That messed me up. I walked into the bar. She was, You're not old enough to drink. It's, uh, don't you got class tomorrow? Is this, is this, I. It makes sense now. I know why y'all rolling those 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 TVs and we are like, oh, my mind is like, oh, movie, movie. Now nah, you hung over. I know your secrets. Hey, I'm just thirsty. Thursday's a thing, okay? So it is. It is. And we I gotta respect get some it. I hope you get to enjoy it. But from the bottom of my heart, you know, thank you for helping me understand your situation. You know, thank you for identifying with me as I constantly try and identify with you. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you here. The identity booth is. It's a great place to be. I hope you guys enjoyed Randy telling us about her trials and tribulations and more important, how much she cares about what she does and the kids that she's involved with. I don't think we get that message out enough. I think too many people are talking about going to school versus about the people involved in this school. So I thank you so much for having this candid conversation with me. I hope I wasn't too annoying. I hope I wasn't too brash. No. I hope it wasn't too much to handle. You know, I, you can holler at me if you want to, but I'm not going <laughs> to have that out there. I'm not going to put you in that spot. But this has been the Identity Booth. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Yes. You guys take care of yourself. Continue to be in love with one another. Continue to treat each other better than you treat your enemies. And I'm not just telling each other. It's not that serious. Put on the mask. Ain't that right? Put it on, baby. Put it on.